Welcome to Belfast City Vineyard, where we are pursuing formation in the presence of Jesus, community gathered around him, and the impact he empowers us to bring in our families, city, and the world. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. For more information, visit our website at BelfastCityVineyard.com. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day from me. I hope you have been spoiled. And uh, every once in a while, my own mom watches our live stream. So happy Mother's Day, mom. Even though in America it's not really Mother's Day, she gets two. So there you go. Um, And just from me, um, I'd really love you to come on the 22nd, which is Wednesday evening, to the celebration service. As Alan mentioned, we have guests, so we're going to worship together, um, and then we've invited a special guest speaker to come and to kind of give us a charge. He's been thinking and praying, someone who knows and loves our church a lot, uh, and over the years has been praying for you for a long time, but we've asked him to come and pray for us and to speak to us and to give us a charge about what he thinks the Lord has for us as a community in this space. So if you can, uh, we would love for you to come celebrate with friends and uh, in this city. Uh, uh, there's gonna be former uh, ministers from this very church here in attendance, um, and it's gonna be a special evening. So uh, again, as Alan said, sign up, come. It's gonna be great. All right, well, let's jump right in. Um, between now and Easter, we said we we're gonna take some time and talk through a few things to help us settle into this new to us Space. Then we're going to celebrate Easter together, and then we're going to return to the Gospel of Mark. We're kind of halfway through Mark's Gospel, preaching all the way through, and we'll get back to that after Easter. And last week we talked about legacy in this space. It was an important talk for our future together, so you can find that on our website or the podcast if you missed that. But uh, for a long time, uh, we as a community have embraced three things, and we call them the three things we do. We've given ourselves to them. We've talked about them a lot. Uh, They're broad categories that encompass a lot of things within each of the three things, but it really summarizes who we are, what we feel God has asked us to be and to do as a church, and the things that we are reaching for. And uh, if you've been around for ages, you've heard me talk about them a lot, and if you're brand new, it's a chance to hear, hear us talk about it a bit more. The three things are spiritual formation, community or family together, and then city and global impacts. So formation, community, and impact. And we can't isolate them out, like just do one and not the other two, or just do two and not all three, because formation in community leads to an impact that spills over far beyond us. So I want to return to our three things over the next couple of weeks, leading to Easter because we're now in this space together and it's a chance to remember who we are and what God has been speaking to us about who we're called to be and what we're called to do, but it's a chance to see it together with fresh eyes in a fresh space and with renewed vision. And it's also a chance to let the Spirit of God uh, take those three things that we're called to and plant new dreams in our hearts, uh, things that we couldn't have ever done until we've gotten here in this space. I believe he has new things that he's been, he's been planning for us that are, we're waiting for this season, this moment now. And I believe he's gonna speak to us throughout the coming weeks as we talk about 
this. And again, if you're new here, it gives you a feel for who we are and what we have been reaching for as a community and the direction of travel, what it might be like to be part of this family. And if you're not new here, it's a reminder as we step into this new moment, this new season, this new chapter. And as we've been saying, we're kind of all new here, right? This is all new to all of us in this space. And we're going to need to follow the leading of the Spirit in how to occupy it and to uh, live out what the Lord has for us here. So today we're going to begin with formation or spiritual formation. We're going to talk about a few things within that big, broad category that are really important to us. And then we're going to pray it together. It's not going to be an exhaustive list, but there's things that have been key in our story uh, that we value deeply here, that we have a chance in this moment to recommit to and reimagine and to see where God wants to take it. So formation, what's, what do we mean by formation? Formation is a, a real powerful concept and idea, and it's a powerful reality that we live in. We are all right now, no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what you think of Jesus, no matter what you think of church, no, no matter about, about any of that, we all are becoming a certain type of person. Every person you meet, everybody you lock eyes with, everyone on this planet, including you, including me, is being formed spiritually. It just depends on who or what is doing the forming. You don't need me to tell you that we just lived through something that was deeply formational. The pandemic is but one example of how there are internal and external forces that just shape and form us, and that is why we are serious here about following Jesus and walking in his way and letting him form and shape us into his likeness. And what difference does that make? It makes all the difference. When we become his follower, not only are we saved by him, and we begin to be changed by him. And if we take on his way and cultivate friendship with him, his goodness and life impacts us and it begins to overflow in us and spill over to everything and everyone around us, our relationships, our circumstances, our city, and even this island that we live on. It's the great promise of John chapter 15, Verse 5, it's a really important uh, passage of Scripture for us as a church. It's one of our, we love all the Bible, right? But if there's just been something about John chapter 15 that the Lord has spoken to us deeply in. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Abiding in him or dwelling in him that leads to this transformation of life and then great fruitfulness. Spiritual formation is simply us taking his command to follow him and his way really seriously and then slowly over time being formed by those decisions that we make in order to follow him as we become, build friendship with him and become his student or his apprentice or his disciple. Because people can actually become more like Jesus, including you and including me. And we now have nicer things than we have ever had as a church, right? We have more toys and wonderful things in this brand new space. But we aren't just coming to services here and running programs here. This is a time to commit and recommit to building a house of formation in our daily lives, 
the slow, deep work with Jesus that we are all called to. But it's actually the main work for those of us that we say, for those of us that say we are followers of Jesus. That's kind of our main job, is to follow him. The kind of work that looks small, inch by inch, maybe even being pushed back a little bit by the cut and thrust of life and the schemes of the enemy and then gaining some more ground, inch by inch by inch. The small, slow work of formation and following Jesus and discipling ourselves to him, apprenticing ourselves to him, but it's the kind of work that looks small but can actually change the world. And we build a house of formation here by first committing to building it in us ourselves and partnering with him. Otherwise, all we're really gonna have to give away is like our best ideas and our vain attempts at a slick show. I hate to break it to you, I've been part of this church for over two decades, we've never been slick. But if we give ourselves to formation and then build a house of formation here, all bets are off. It's really important. And as we are in this threshold time, will we ask ourselves, are we up for that? Are we up for building a house of formation within us first and then all doing that together and seeing that impact this community, our city, and even beyond? Are we currently intentionally walking in the way of Jesus? Are we his apprentice right now? That might be the most important question we ever answer. In our time, in our lifetime, am I an apprentice of Jesus? And I believe the Spirit of God is breathing renewed vision on this for us as we step into this building. So do we have the commitments, the rhythms, the habits that keep us in Jesus' presence and following his way, building friendship with him so that we experience his transformation? And if your answer to that question is, it's been a while, or no, I don't, or no one has ever showed me how, um, I guess all I would say to you is, then let's start. I'm not going to try and guilt you I just don't think that that works at all. And I think that one of the things Jesus has for us this morning and as we occupy this space is a radical encounter with his mercy. Where we expect that we haven't been able to measure up or we've got some things in our life that we know shouldn't be there or we've just done our best We feel like we've done our best and things just haven't worked out and there must be some secret key and some magic lock that if I just figured out how to turn it, the kingdom would come in my life. What if Jesus has an encounter with his mercy for you? There's no magic keys and no magic locks. And what if he's got mercy? And what if he's not mad at you? What if he is, just like the parable he himself told, what if the father in the parable of the prodigal son, what if he's running to you? What if he's waiting for you? What if he is ready for you? What if he is 
about to shower you with his mercy, which triumphs over judgment. What if that's there? Would you let that spur you on to this kind of formation life, to build a house of formation in your life? And if you have no idea how to begin or where to begin, we've got these little red booklets which says how to spend time with Jesus. You could start there. There's a bunch of them on the back table. I've got a couple up here. You can sneak up and grab them. They're just, a, they're just like a little manual. Like if you have no idea how to do this and how to spend time with Jesus, it's a, it's a little place to start. And then after Easter, we're gonna start our following Jesus course. We have a little course that we do together, we're gonna to do it in this building and a hybrid option online. Wow, I said we weren't slick, but it's not bad. Um, and if you just never had any, but you've like, I wanna follow Jesus, it's just never worked for me. No one's ever actually showed me how. Like no one's ever taken me by the hand and showed me this is exactly what you do, then this course is for you. And we'll have loads of propaganda about it and sign up here and all this stuff coming closer to Easter, but it's an opportunity. We'll teach you, we'll help. If you wanna build a house of Formation. So what are some other things that have been massively helpful to us, what are really important to us as a community over the years that we're thinking about that are formational environments that God wants to breathe on? One is worship. Worship. Part of what's so moving about this building is we're stepping into a legacy of worship that's gone before us, but I'm not just talking about a bunch of services or an hour on Sundays. Our whole lives are to be offered up as worship. How we treat each other, how we work, how we do family, how we do friendships, how we use our resources, how our choices, how we show up to every moment, how we use our bodies. Everything is an act, or can be an act of worship. That's what the Apostle Paul was getting at in Romans chapter 12, verse one, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So worship just can't be songs. It has to be the life we're living in response to the mercy of God shown to us in Jesus Christ. And that kind of worship response, that whole life of worship, I don't know if you've noticed this, I've certainly noticed this, it, it can't, it's not like a flip you can switch, a switch you can flip? Can't. <laughs> you can't just turn it on. It, it, it's something actually that has to be formed in you and cultivated in your life. It, again, it can't just be, it's just on and it happens. It's gotta be part of our habits and our practices and our rhythms somehow. And one of the most important places that helps us form that is the environment of gathered worship, where like what we just did together and in small groups and even bigger groups than this or you know, me alone by myself, but actually the practice of worship, singing out in worship. So I did say, it's whole life worship, and it's not just about singing songs. But entering into that place of adoration when we lift our voice and we discipline ourselves to actually worship Jesus with our voices, it impacts how we live the rest of our lives. It's a deeply formational space. And one of our most important assignments is to worship with our entire lives and to build and rebuild a house of worship here. Coming together to worship God in small groups and big groups is one of the most formational spaces we will ever enter because when God's people come to worship him, often he meets with us in profound ways 
And maybe you are beginning to experience some of that in our worship this morning. And that's the story of the vineyard movement, of vineyard churches around the world. Throughout our history, we have been profoundly marked by intimacy and encounter with God in worship. Some would say that's our charism or the, one of the things we get or we've been given by the Lord like as our special gift to the world. I've been uh, thinking about a lot about the early days of the vineyard and reading a lot and remembering a lot. Uh, and here's a quote that I've, I found. The worship of the vineyard, this is early, early, early days of the vineyard, was a direct, heartfelt, heart-ministering and heart-connecting adoration of God. I'm gonna keep talking for a while, but like it would be really good just to think about that. Direct, heartfelt, heart-ministering, heart-connecting adoration of God. We're not just singing songs, something's happening in worship. And in the vineyard, our understanding of worship is we're offering God our allegiance, our adoration, our hearts, our praise with our songs and our cries to him. And he meets with us and often he visits us and he changes us and he challenges us and he equips us. And then we go and worship him with all the other actions of our life, our decisions and our bodies and our possessions and everything else. And in that precious and dynamic place of worship and in small groups and big groups and us on our own, lots of things can happen. We can encounter the limitless love of the Father. We can encounter the glory and the mercy of Jesus and the transforming power of the Spirit. We can be called in those moments. We can be sent out. We can be healed and blessed and given courage where we need it. Again, I've been talking about mercy a lot this morning. It featured in the worship. I believe Jesus is speaking to us and marking us, give us encounters with his mercy. It was all over the early days of the vineyard. Uh, people I've talked to remember being in the first, it was like a small group of people. It wasn't even a church. It was, no one ever was ever dreaming of churches or movement. It was just burnt out people that felt like they'd done their best and life hadn't gone how they expected and they were broken. They called themselves big fat Pharisees because they saw the sin in their own lives and just how they just were done. And they just began to come together in small group and play simple songs and just to pour out their hearts before Jesus. And, they, and something amazing happened. They encountered his mercy, even for them, who'd screwed it up and were burnt out and were blown out. They encountered his mercy. And the vineyard has never stopped singing about it like 40 to 50 years later. And my testimony is, is that I encountered exactly the same thing. I was a reluctant and uninterested worshiper. I was like, it's the thing we got to do to get to the sermon. That's, that's what I, where I was. But I have been deeply formed and changed by spending well over two decades now in this type of worship. And I've been healed and enc I've encountered his mercy and his love for me. I've been put back together in worship, and I've been given strength, and I've been given hope, and so have so many of you. We were made to worship God, and he longs to meet with us, and it's deeply formational for the rest of our life when we make it a non-negotiable. Whether we feel like it or not, we're doing it. So will we continue to do that here? And I believe a worshiping community is a gift to the city. And what if we gave ourselves to that afresh? And what if person after person was able to come into our worship environments and find salvation and formation and transformation that's available in Jesus? 
And actually, what if people could encounter his mercy and love for them? And what if that was so formational a space that lives and destinies were changed and people were rescued by Jesus? And what if by building a house of worship here in this space, it becomes a launch pad for planting other worshiping communities in every part of our city and beyond? And again, my story was um, the encounters I had with God and his mercy led me to be doing what I'm doing. Like I was on a way different trajectory and I had encounters with God that led to me doing like what I'm doing right now. And most of those encounters happened in worship. It's deeply formational, it's deeply powerful. And how can we take this formational value and practice of worship and dream about new ways and new means and new spaces and new times and new rhythms to build a house of worship? Small groups, worshiping kids and youth, worshiping young adults, worship nights, worship days, worship mornings, training and develop, and more and more and more. And if you're new, will you go on this journey of worship with us? There's always room for more. And if you're not new, will you continue this journey and will we continue to offer ourselves every part of our life and worship to Jesus? And I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say again that I really was uninterested and just, I just wasn't, I just didn't know how to really worship. And two things happened. I just decided I was gonna do it. That was one thing, and I was formed in that space. But at a really key time, people who were on a worship team in the church I was a part of at the time uh, prayed for me, and something changed. So if you're like me, you're like, I'd love to be a worshiper, but I've never really gotten it, and I kind of stand there looking awkward. Like I had. So many Sundays of, of that, I, I have a deep heart for you. But I also have deep faith that something could change. And so if you're on our worship teams, any of our worship teams, you already care deeply about worship and helping our congregation worship. Will you come up here uh, when we're done and be part of the ministry team? And if you struggle with worship, somebody from our worship community will lay hands on you and pray for you. Because that's what happened to me, something changed. Let's talk about proclamation. We've always been a church that values the scriptures and teaches them, proclaims them, and studies them, and meditates on them, and allows them to shape and form us as individuals and as a community. And this space already has a legacy built on the proclamation of God's word. I was going through the space with John Alderdice, who's a Methodist minister and a friend of mine, and he's like, this is just an old Methodist preaching house. And he's right. And we have an opportunity now to recommit to this legacy that's already here. I'm certainly talking about preaching and teaching, but I'm talking also about all of us being anchored in the truths of Scripture and what they proclaim to us and what they proclaim to the world and building that into our daily lives and habits and allowing it to shape and form us. You know, we can't just teach and hear about the Word of God as like good advice or Christian entertainment, right? It has to impact us at the deepest level possible, and then the world should see it on fire in our lives. Jeremiah 23, verse 29, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. One of the gifts we can give our city is being a community who are faithful to the word of God and devoted to the gospel message about Jesus and actually becoming a people who rest in and feed on his word. 
and are compelled by his word into lives of radical love and mission and obedience. Something powerful happens in lives and churches and communities and cities when we let the scriptures speak and we listen to them and we obey them in any way that we possibly can. And when the world is struggling for what is true, the scriptures are truth. And in a time when we are confused about identity, the scriptures offer us the only true one. When we're wondering about the big questions of life, like what is the good life? How can I become a good person? What do I do with pain and suffering? Can I be forgiven? The scriptures offer transformational, life-changing answers as they lead us. The word points to Jesus, his cross, resurrection, and kingship. And that through faith in him, we can be saved. And it shows us how to follow the way of Jesus, which if we do, we will know the living water and the bread of life and the rest for our souls that he promises to be. And he promises us. And it's always been who we are. So will we engage in time-honored and trusted ways with the scriptures? And will we learn new ways of investing in the scriptures as God's words to us that contain information but is meant for transformation? Will we read it, memorize it, engage with it, study it, obey it, allow ourselves to be confronted by its simplicity and complexity and creativity as well as as its commands and claims? In short, will we engage with it in such a way that we are shaped and formed and transformed by it? And again, if the scriptures have never been part of your story, if it's just never really worked for you, we can help. Our following Jesus course, we talk about this. We would love to help with you so you can gear up to sign up for that. I want to talk about wisdom. Um, hmm. But I think the Lord wants to do some other stuff. But I'm going to talk about wisdom and I'm going to talk about prayer. Really quick, off the cuff, skiing off piste. Lord knows what's about to happen. It's going to be great. All right, you don't need me to tell you that we live in an ever-increasing time of speed and technology and chaos. And institutions that we thought would be there for us forever are shaking. And we are, as they tell us, in a perma-crisis. And there's lots that goes into that. And more and more people are looking for how to live and for healing for their hearts and their minds and their souls. And they're looking for a bigger story. And we have a bigger story that we inhabit. And we are connected to the source of all wisdom. And what if this place became a house of wisdom? There's lots of things that we already do. There's following Jesus, the marriage course, Alpha, parenting courses, cap money, loads of different things that we do. Uh, What if we gave ourselves to planting and building a house of wisdom? And what if many people came to faith and built their faith and were introduced to the one who has all wisdom? And what if people, as they looked, as they walked by or drove by this building, they looked and they saw a sanctuary and help in chaotic and confusing days? These aren't just programs we run. These are ways in which we build and receive from a house of wisdom. Let's do that together. Prayer. Prayer. I love that our church is already a house of prayer and intercession. We will talk again about praying for the sick and and doing that kind of prayer, but I love that we're a house of prayer and intercession. 
And I love that every time our church gathers, you will probably see somebody praying for somebody. And we've taken intercessory prayer where we cry out to the Lord for things. We've taken that seriously. Where men and women pray daily and weekly for us in our city and beyond. Those teams lead the way in prayer and they cover us, our services, our gatherings, our ministries, our needs, you and me. They cover everything in prayer and I'm incredibly grateful. Again, this isn't a neutral space. We're stepping into a legacy of all that's gone before us, including a legacy of intercessory prayer for people, for families, for Belfast. And we're all reaping the fruit of that. My sense is in this season is that the Lord is doing two things. He is building a hunger in us for prayer. And he's giving prayer assignments to you. He's, he's laying things on your heart. It's the thing you can't stop thinking about. It's the thing you're writing me an email about, like, Andy, this church should do something about this. You should do something about this. Maybe you should pray about it. And then we'll do something about it together. He's, a, he's handing out hunger and assignments. And in a second, I'm going to pray for that. And I believe we're to invest renewed energy in prayer and bless our city and accept our prayer assignments this place itself is the, is the fruit of like 20 years of prayer. When we pray, we partner with God. It is a mystery. It's also massively formational. What else might he want to form in you by laying a burden and a hunger for prayer over a, a tribe that is on your heart, the next generation, a neighborhood, a people group, a ministry, this island, whatever it is? What is he trying to form in you and how is he trying to partner with you, invite you to partner with him See the kingdom come for generations. I want to end with this, and this is what I want to get to. I want to talk about encountering the Holy Spirit, which is a deeply formational thing and a key part of the vineyard story, and it's a key part of my story. I, we believe here that the Holy Spirit, God's personal presence, is real, it's available, and we are people of the Spirit that welcomes his presence and his ministry and power. And we regularly give over space and time and invite him to move. And we're going to talk about like, things like the prophetic and healing and, and the things that the Spirit empowers us to do. We're going to talk about that at a different time. That's not what I'm talking about right now. What I'm talking about is gathering in small groups and big groups, even on our own, and inviting the Spirit to come, to, to increase his presence and to do whatever he wants to do with us, always making room with him. And in a moment, we're going to do just that key to us, to understanding who we are, is being a people who always give him room. And sometimes it, not much looks like it's happening, and that's fine, that's okay. And sometimes it looks like a lot is happening, and that's okay too. He gets to decide that stuff. And just because somebody falls over or shakes actually doesn't mean anything. What we're actually watching is how is then life different after that? We leave room for him to do what he sovereignly wants to do. And if I'm honest, the last few years have been really, really hard to give him room, to wait on him and to encounter him. The borrowed buildings, the endless work, the masks, the weird pandemic times, the busyness of it all. My sense is for this leg of the journey, we need to be a people who wait on and encounter the spirit together. In the Vineyard's history, Mother's Day 1980 is like a pretty crazy day. Because for one of the first times, they said, come Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit visited the vineyard. And he hasn't stopped. And it changed the trajectory of the vineyard movement dramatically. 
And I say that with a little fear and trembling because it's Mother's Day 2023. 30 years ago, I was in a room on my college campus where an outpouring of God was happening, much like what has recently happened at Asbury. And I encountered the Spirit, and my trajectory dramatically changed, so much so that I ended up here doing this when I was, on again, on a very different trajectory. And countless times since then, I've seen the ministry of the Spirit in big and small ways as people wait on Him. So what might be formed in us in big and small ways as we wait on the Spirit, as we give Him room today and over the next three to four decades as we invite and encounter the Spirit of God in those ways? So why don't we? Mother's Day 2023, why don't we give room for the Spirit of God to move? I'm going to invite you to stand. And if you're brand new to this, um, I'm just going to talk us through it. You don't have to do anything. I'm not going to do anything to you. Um, and we don't actually need to make anything happen. Again, the most power, some of the most powerful times of change and I've ever been in is nothing on the outside looked like it was different. Just everything on the inside changed. And I just don't particularly mind. I just believe God has a deep encounter with the mercy of Jesus for us today and every day. And, and there's just something about us saying, we're going to start as we mean to go on and we're going to encounter the Spirit. So you don't have to do anything. Um, you can sit or stand, whatever you want to do. Um, and I'm just going to pray for us. We're going to wait a little bit. That might feel a little bit awkward. I'll kind of guide us through that. Uh, and then after that's done, we'll officially close. You can have a cup of coffee, collect your children. There'll be people up here for prayer. But I'll guide us through all of that. So, Lord, we invite your presence to increase because we know the whole earth is yours, everything in it. It's not like you haven't been with us. But we invite you to increase what you're doing around this room. And what we so desperately need is a radical encounter with your mercy again. So, Holy Spirit, let your mercy come. Where we're burnt out where we don't know what to do, where we feel like we've been laboring away and it just hasn't been good enough, where we feel like we're stuck in sin and you're angry, where we have unsolvable problems. Say, Lord, let your mercy come. Again, we're just going to let this... Spirit hover over us and he's resting on many of you. Some of you are beginning to feel a deep peace. Some of you begin to feel like a weight on your shoulders. Others of you, different things are happening and others of you, you don't, can't really discern anything happening and everything is fine. 
encounter mercy, two things happen. Joy comes because we just can't believe how good it is. And hope comes. So Holy Spirit, would you increase hope for the hopeless? Would you increase joy where we're sad or we're sure that you're angry? And where we're carrying burdens that we are not fit to carry. Just come and lift them off of us. Rest on your people. Breathe on your people. Holy Spirit, would you also begin to plant that hunger, stir that hunger. Just, there's a lot of us where we're at that moment where you're like, is it, am I hungry yet? Am I, is it time to eat? Is it not? I'm, a, I'm in that kind of liminal threshold place. It, the first hunger pangs are coming. And maybe hunger for your presence and for your word and for worship and for prayer. Would you plant those tribes, those people groups, those things in our hearts that, we're, that you want us to bear weight for? Would, you, would we begin to pray? We begin to pray. Lay your burdens of prayer, your joyful, wonderful burdens of prayer on us. Would you also deposit your wisdom Lord, there are people here that have unsolvable problems. We need your wisdom. But most of all, we need the wisdom that is Jesus Christ. So may we turn to you, Lord. But right now, with solutions to problems, solutions to broken relationships, answers to questions come just like dropping into our minds and hearts. Stephen McLean, I just see the Spirit of God on you, and I just see like a renewal of an old calling upon you and Allie. There's a hunger for more. There's tribes of people that are being opened up to you, and there's an empowering of the Spirit. And where there's been obstacles, like there's an empowering of the Spirit coming to get over some obstacles and for breakthrough. So Holy Spirit, come. For many of us, we always feel in our life with Jesus is pressure. Like, I gotta get it right. That's not the gospel. Jesus already got it right. And so I believe the Spirit of God is saying to you, pressure's off. So Holy Spirit, would you release the pressure? Would you give us your easy yoke and your rest? Some of you are called to be wisdom bringers and to teach and to preach and to lead, but also to disciple people one-on-one. So Lord, let your discipling mantle fall on men and women here. And may there be break rooms and coffee shops and 
front rooms all over the city where people are being discipled. Come, Holy Spirit. And because we encounter you, would you multiply us and multiply your kingdom impact throughout this city. And all we have, Lord, is our yes. And we give it to you afresh. So continue to minister to us, Lord. If you're on the prayer ministry team, would you mind coming up here? If you're on the worship team, would you gather on the left side over here, my right, your left side? If you're on the worship team and you want to pray for people that just want to take the next step in worship, would you... Would you be up for that? That'd be so, so helpful. I'm going to close this in prayer. But if you want prayer for more of the Spirit, if you want prayer for anything I talked about, if you want prayer for the worship thing, somebody had a prophetic word about you feel like you're running through like a bog or a marsh or quicksand, and it's because there's a big problem in your life, and you're just afraid to say it out loud because you're embarrassed about it. But you were to come and someone was to pray for you and the Lord would unlock solutions for you. And so if you've got something like a problem and you're just embarrassed, we just want to pray for you and we believe the Lord wants to meet you. If you want to meet Jesus for the first time or come back to following him, we want to pray for you. If you are sensing a hunger for prayer or a hunger for more of worship, we want to pray for you. Uh, if you have any need, physical, emotional, spiritual, we want to pray for you. Um, Lord, come. Increase your presence. Minister to your people of every age. We love you, we're for you, and we give you our yes. Fill us up and empower us to be your church. In Jesus' name, amen. There's tea and coffee served, and you can sit in seats or gather around and enjoy that. If you want prayer for the worship thing, come over here. If you want prayer for anything else, come over here. I'd be love to pray for you. If you want one of these red booklets, they're here or in the back. God bless you. Don't forget to collect your children. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Thanks for listening to this message. For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.